Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, Maggie McReynolds. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. Every week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk to accomplished authors who have gone from really just having only an idea for a book to a finished book that's out there making a difference in the world. Our goal for this show is for you to walk away inspired and motivated to write your book, whether it's your first or your third, or I think one of our authors is on something like their eighth It's pretty incredible. Today's author is Liz LaJoy. She is the coach's CFO and the author of From Zero to Zen, Secret Keys to Nurturing Your Numbers and Finding Financial Flow. Liz, welcome. I feel so peaceful just saying your title. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's that's the goal. It is great to have you on the show. Um, I usually ask uh, authors right off the bat, to tell the listeners what your book's about and who's it for. But because of your, your title, I'm going to add a little extra question. It's not just for Buddhists, right? Right. Although we didn't <laughs> categorize it that way when we launched it. From Zero to Zen is for creative entrepreneurs, coaches, people who traditionally are pretty numbers averse, but are in business, don't even necessarily think of themselves as business owners and need to want to start getting a handle on their finances. And I wanted to write a book that would make that topic not scary, not overwhelming, and just really very uh, carefully go through basic steps so that it started to feel more comfortable and they could be more confident managing their money as a business owner. Why are we so scared of money and numbers? That's a great question. I think a lot of us come to, if we're in business, we come to it with a lot of personal baggage that we may or may not fully recognize. And a lot of us want to do the fun stuff. We want to you know, be talking to clients and working with them and figuring out ways to grow our business. We kind of just want the money to come along behind it organically. And the problem with that, it's not necessarily a problem, it's just that it's a lot easier to grow quickly and um, in a much more solid way with a firm foundation if you have a handle on your numbers early on and develop really great habits and routines in terms of managing it. And it doesn't have to be hard. That's really the main message in the book that, you know, this, this topic that a lot of people shy away from and kind of want to hide away from doesn't have to be something that weighs you down and takes a lot of your time. It can actually be pretty easy, and it can make you feel a lot better once you get a handle on it. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think many of us are willing to admit that we don't know how to do something like, um, well, I used to, one time I used to know how to change the spark plugs on my car. Now everything is kind of all digital, and I no longer know how to do that. But I don't have any shame or weirdness around saying I don't know how to do that. But so many of us feel funny about even admitting we're not good with our with our books, right? Exactly. And it's it's really interesting, too, because none of us are born understanding double entry bookkeeping, having a, you know, an understanding of what needs to happen within a business. And yet we feel like it's supposed to be easy and we're supposed to get it. And then when we don't, 
we feel shame about it. We don't want to admit it, but at the same time, we kind of don't want to look at it and dig into it. So I was wanting to put something out there that wasn't full of acronyms and, you know, using traditional financial language that sometimes can feel really overwhelming for people, and that made mm-hmm. it far more digestible. So have, now that you're on the other side of having a, a published book, what do you wish that you knew before you started, before you wrote the book? Like I like it says in the book and how I want people to know that finance doesn't have to be hard, I wish that I had known going in that it really can be a pretty easy process if we let it be. Financials or writing a book? Both. But when, yeah. I, when I said that, I meant writing the book, that it could be done so quickly and that it didn't have to. I was imagining that I was going to be spending nights, you know, up at three in the morning tearing my hair out. And that was not my experience at all. It was much, much more fun than that. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think so. There's another one of those things that we feel vaguely guilty about not knowing how to do, you know, yet most of yes. us have most most of our listeners have not written a book. And and yet I'm guessing a, a fairly large percentage sort of have an imagination, imagining of how it would be as you did. And it includes, you know, hard and up all night and tearing your hair out and, you know, um, Drinking, you know, scotch all the time or whatever we imagine that writers do. <laughs> Sitting in a garret in freezing cold weather or something like that. Right. In, in, in a poor part of Paris. That might not be Perfect. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> when you first got this thing rolling, was it your topic, how it was going to go, what it was going to look like, what it was going to be called? Was it all super clear to you at the start? Oh, no, not at all. I, I knew that, you know, I had a message um, around managing finances and um, I had an idea for what I wanted to do with the book, but it wasn't until I really started diving into things and playing around with what it could look like that that all became clear. And I would not have been able to, to create the book that I created if I hadn't done the program with the author incubator and was able to craft something that was way more useful than probably if I had just sat down and written it by myself. Well, I, I know, obviously, I know that you went through a number of specific exercises and steps before you even started writing your book. What did you What did you find most most helpful? What kind of locked it in for you? I think for me, the process of creating an inline, which some people might call an outline, and really walking through the pieces of the book before I started writing was helpful. Again, I had this very romantic idea that I would just sit down and the first words in the book will be that would be the first book the first words that I wrote would be the first words of the book and that's not actually what ended up happening and being able to step back and think what do I want this book to accomplish what are the pieces that need to go into it before I even started writing was super helpful well that's a little scary too though right so you're saying that the, the words you wrote down didn't end up being how you started your book so was that hard was that you know I forget who it is, which author who talks about, I think it's actually a, an editor who talks about having to kill your darlings, writers, you know, um, that you can't put in. You end up, most of us end up choosing not to put in everything that we've ever thought of and everything we've put down and written. Was that challenging to redirect? I, I actually found it really liberating because it meant that I didn't have to try to be all things to all people. I, we work very hard to become 
really clear on who I was writing for and having a particular reader in mind. And that really helped kind of niche down and funnel down what I wanted to say because I was able to really target that person and it made the writing easier in a lot of ways. Well, right. It sounds like, you know, if you've just got one, one person in mind, one reader, then it, writing it is more of a, of an intimate conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So as you were, as you were moving through it and, and creating, did you, did you go through periods where you sat down at uh at the keyboard and we're just like, uh, I've got nothing. <laughs> there were a few times I'm, you know, I work with numbers. I'm a pretty analytical person. And there were times where I had scheduled out writing time for myself and it was hard for me to get in the flow. And I'm by nature, I kind of wanted to just push through that and keep writing and keep writing and, you know, try to make it fit, try to put a square peg into a round hole in that particular day and time. And I learned that it was, easier to just step back, go do something else, take a walk outside. And, you know, before I came back to it and just kept trying to push it because the chapters that I wrote that were just, I need to finish this by X time tomorrow were not as good as when I just let myself kind of settle into it more. Well, that, that's interesting. So your background obviously is more as a, as a numbers person, not as a writer. Um, right. So, that sounds crazy. You mean anybody can just go write a book? <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. Yes, I think anyone can just go write a book. What's been fun about this experience is that I've gotten to meet a lot of other authors, and people come from a wide variety of backgrounds and have all accomplished this you know, pretty hefty thing um, to put some pen to paper and put something out in the world. And I think it doesn't really matter who you are. If you have a message, you can get out there. So, so I agree, and, and and thank you for saying that so so clearly um, and and articulately. That said, um, I, I think I, I know this is true of people who've been writing for years. At least it's true of me. Um, were there moments when you're you were writing and thinking, I I can't do this, or who am I to do this, or you know nobody like pin nobody pinned like put on a writer's hat on my head or gave me you know a special badge you know so absolutely yeah I think it happens to everybody even if you've been doing it for a long time or it's your third book or your eighth book but maybe it gets a little bit easier over time but the baseline you know basic idea is that actually for me was the hardest part it wasn't necessarily the writing or the coming up with the content or the ideas it was becoming the person who was able to publish a book and was able to step into the role of being an author. Well, tell me a little bit more about that. That that sounds interesting. So how do you become, how did you become the person who wrote your book? What is, what does that mean? I think it means going through a process of thinking of yourself in, you know, your future self and who is that person and how did they live their life? And you kind of have to springboard into that before you're ready, which is a little uncomfortable. But when you do it, 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 it's really a fabulous experience, and it made it a lot easier to finish the project, knowing that um, working with the author incubator, knowing that there was a community to help support those times where you were having those doubts and, you know, questioning your abilities. Uh, that certainly helped bring it along as well. Right. So you can have kind of reach out to people who are also writing a book with the program and have those whoa, me too, kind of conversations and moments, right? Right. 
Had you ever tried to write a book before? I had not, although it was on a bucket list somewhere along the line. So it's fun to have been able to actually check that off. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. What do you think was, was key to the key to your ability to actually finish it? I mean, I know a number of our listeners, probably some of them have started books. They've, I know that at one time, I think I had something like four different partial drafts on my laptop, none of which I think were more than three chapters long. So, so what was key in helping you actually get it done? For me, having, again, the community and expectations of finishing, you know, in certain time frames and having people at my back helping me through it and not having to go it alone, that definitely helped keep me on track and helped keep me feeling positive about the whole experience and not just wanting to shut it away in a drawer when I had those moments of, wait, who am I to be writing a book? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So your book title to me suggests, you know, from zero to Zen and about numbers that you are both sort of, um, you know, I guess what, what um, neuroscientists would, would, would say is a, a left-brained organized thinking person. Um, but I have to assume that from zero to Zen that you have uh, a lot of right-brained spirituality on board as well. Did, did those sides of you learn to play nicely while you were writing you know, it's interesting because I think uh, the right brain side of me really had an opportunity to grow in writing this book, partly because of the way I wanted to position the book and the language I wanted to use and the people I wanted to be able to talk to, but also because I was starting to work with and a lot of my clients are much more right brain oriented, um, as I said, people who traditionally aren't super numbers um, happy and tend to live a little bit more in the Zen side of things. And uh, so for me, publishing this book actually has been a really great personal journey as well in terms of finding a much better balance between those two sides of my personality. Well, that's very cool. And I, I would guess a not entirely anticipated outcome. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely not. What was What surprised you? about this whole process? What was, I mean, aside from the fact that it wasn't, you know, the Garrett and, uh, you know, three in the morning and drinking scotch, what was different about writing and publishing this book than you had expected? Um, I think one of the things that surprised me was learning, you know, sort of what the the back side of or what the non-public side of publishing looks like a little bit more, you know, I think as, as a normal general populist person, we have this idea of what publishing a book looks like, and I learned a lot about what it is and what it isn't, you know, and being able to go through the process of figuring out what does a digital version look like, does it go to print, how do you make those decisions, um, was definitely an education that I wasn't necessarily expecting to go down, and it, it was a nice add-on to my worldview of figuring out how that works, how I want to do it, and how um, and how you can really use the publishing world and, and using a book to get your message out into the world. I think that a number of, uh, a lot of people, um, myself included at one point in my journey, think that, um, that that's where the success is, is in, is in selling copies of your book, right? You're going to just make right. all this money from book sales. Um, and I think right. it's really right. shocking to a lot of us to talk to Angela and sort of get an education on how the publishing industry actually works and the realization that even pretty big name authors are probably not making piles of money off the copies of their book, which is 
uh, to me, that just that just rocked my world. Right. It's not at all what we expect or what we're grown up, what we grow up learning or believing about how book writing works. Right. Right. So I'm going to sell, I'm going to be on the New York Times bestseller list and Oprah, and I'm going to make a kajillion dollars off each copy. Right. When I think if we carry that thought through to its natural extension, if any of us own a Kindle, if any of us use Amazon, if any of us are watching what's happening to the price of books, I think it must be fairly obvious if we thought about it at all, that wait a minute, this person can't be making that much money. This book is like three ninety nine. Or you know, whatever it is. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's tied into our version of money, actually. I think, we, you know, we like the fantasy more than, than maybe what the reality in front of us is telling us. Well, that's really interesting, actually. This was a thought that occurred to me earlier, and I just, I didn't, I let go of it without saying it. I don't remember who was the first proponent of the phrase, do what you love and the money will follow. But... We, we do have that, right? And I, I, I wouldn't say it's exactly wrong, but maybe a little overly simplified. I think that's true, think especially that's in the creative professions, right? If you're an artist or a writer or something along those lines, we have this idea that, you know, there's a potential for, you know, creating gobs of money with your art. But then there's also this idea that we're not supposed to make any money. And if we're true artists, then you know, we're sellouts if we, if we want cash out of it. And uh, it's, it's a really interesting psychological conundrum that we put on ourselves as writers. and, and Right. Artists. Well, unpacking just that phrase, do what you love and the money will follow. I mean, that's really loaded in and of itself. You know, yeah. do what you love and the money will follow. Maybe, um, <laughs> you know, and if it doesn't in the way you imagine, does that mean you're not worthy? Or, and I'm guessing that this ties into your book and the work that you do with your clients, um, do what you love, the money follows, but then you have to do something with the money, right? Right. I mean, you can't just, you know, it's not all just like, you know, Scrooge McDuck sitting in a vault somewhere, just chortling and tossing your money into the air, right? (laughs) I have not found anyone who actually gets to spend their time that way. (laughs) Darn, because I still had this fantasy. (laughs) just going to be swimming in the piles of gas. Yeah, right, right. Well, I mean it 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 it's great to have it's great to have money coming in, but if you don't know how to manage it, it can, you know, pretty much flow back out just as easily as the tide, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. and that's something that I talk about in the book and something that I work with my clients a lot uh, around as well because it's not just a matter of learning how to do the actual tasks involved with money management, but also how to set yourself up in a way to be successful with that and not be caught by surprise and even by your own expectations. Well, I'm curious, Liz, do you find that you spend, which do you spend more time on with your clients on the the hard numbers or on coaching your clients around their, their thoughts, their painful stories about money? That's a really interesting question. I, when I started doing the work that I do, I thought that it was going to be all very specific, I, you know, talk about how to do things, you know, very detail-oriented things. And realistically, the most important conversations really are all more about, 
you know, here are the, here's how you can make good decisions, and it is okay for you to be this business person who makes these decisions, and there isn't anyone standing behind you, you know, kind of shaking a finger at you. This is all, you know, something that you can be empowered by. Um, so a lot more of it is mindset than I, I certainly anticipated. That's another part of my own progression is getting comfortable having those conversations with people too. Well, and interesting because I, I'm sort of hearing you articulate something similar about the book writing process that there was a lot of mindset to get straight on even before, yeah. you know, I was going to say put pen to paper, but I guess put fingers to keypad would be the more appropriate analogy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So uh, we kind of do a number on ourselves, creative, creatively, professionally, financially, we psych ourselves out. Yeah. I think that's true. Uh, I've certainly found that to be true. I think you have as well. We do this, this amazing, we have this amazing ability as humans to tell ourselves a story that may or may not be true, whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing. And we do it around all kinds of things, new things, something that's scary, uh, which might be money. It might be writing a book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So have you gotten, um, I know I experienced this since you have written and published uh, your first book. Have you got a lot of people going saying, uh, how did you do that? I mean, are they just, are, I'm assuming they're equally as interested in the fact that you wrote a book as in what you wrote the book about. Right. I think, I think people are more interested in just the fact that I wrote a book. We have this great cachet and, you know, I think it's in our culture anyway, that about the fact that writing a book is this hard thing to do. And so it's really impressive when you do it. And um, for me, it really felt like such an easy process that I'm always taking a little bit of a bath a little bit when people ask me that question, because I'm like, Oh, well, it's just the thing that I did. Right. It's fine. Right. And I think that that's um, can be true even for also for those of us who I was raised as a writer, really might come from a family of writers and, um, writing a book was something I always assumed I'd do. I, I, I left it a little late, but um, it 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 was more of a um, it was magic, but it was also manageable. It was manageable magic, if you will. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So when someone is like all agog, I sort of feel like I just want to say to them, you know, I'm. I'm truly not that special. You could you could do this. You could totally do this if you had the right. support. I have, right. I did. I have that exact same reaction. And then I think to myself, well, wait, no, we're all special, and this is a big accomplishment, and, you know, I, sh- I should allow myself to, you know, take the praise and take take that stuff. But I kind of wanted to tell everybody, everyone can do this, and this is a great process, so there's no reason you shouldn't. Well, it's again, it's very much echoes, I assume, the kinds of conversations you have with your clients around figuring out how to handle their numbers. I mean, there's no one who's so specially flawed that they can't figure out how to make that happen with your help, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. And we tell ourselves that, you know, it's for somebody else or I don't understand numbers or I'm just bad with money. And the reality is, Anybody can learn how to do this if we decide that this is important enough and, you know, a piece of our puzzle, especially on the business front, it, it really, really is. It's a you know, foundational pillar, really. So it's really fun for me to be able to help people get over that discomfort or personal vision of themselves as being bad with money. I love that or not you being said able to write that. A book. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like we're having a, a, a multi-layered conversation, which which I love because – um, you know, how we do one thing is often how we do everything and everything is so intermingled. I love that you said that 
we can do it. And I don't, I'm not going to remember how you exactly put it, but it was something like if we're willing to prioritize it and make it important. Right. And right. right. So I think that that, that must apply to almost anything. We, you know, we can do almost anything if we're willing to prioritize it and put our energy I think there. That's true. Right? I think that's true. Yeah. Cool. Well, I know there are people out there listening kind of like on the edges of their chairs going, well, okay, so this all sounds really good, but I, I you know what, where, where do you start? Where do you start? What would you advise somebody out there listening? Who's just like, if they know they've got a book in them and maybe they don't even know what it's about yet, but this is just like, like, like for you, a bucket list item, where, where would they, where do they even begin? I think that, considering doing a program like the author incubator is a fantastic way to go because you have a framework to work in, which is what really attracted me uh, in the first place. I definitely would not have without that catalyst and that, you know, a particular Facebook ad popping up in my feed and going down um, that process of deciding to work with the author incubator. I definitely wouldn't be here as a published author and it would have just been an idea floating around out there somewhere. So, you know, if you're, if you love the idea but don't have any idea of how you can get from idea to actually published book, working with somebody like Angela Lori is a fantastic way to actually get it accomplished. I definitely, um, you know, would not have had it happen and have it happen so quickly if I hadn't gone along that road. Yeah, where, where would you be now if you had not written a book? Your best guess? Um, my best guess is my my business would be floating along and I wouldn't be anywhere near where I wanted to be. I certainly wouldn't have met the incredible people that I have and been able to build my businesses quickly um, and, more importantly, be able to reach people who really need help, whether that's from reading my book and getting some tips uh, out of that and being able to make some changes in their business or to actually work directly um, with me. But the whole process has just been a really uh, a big game changer for me. I love that you said that. I know that Angela talks about, um, you know, we, we all know that Marianne Williamson quote, or many of us do, of, you know, um, who are you to play small? And I know Angela applies that to writing a book. For those of us who say, who am I to write this book? The answer really is, who are you not to? Especially right. for those of us like you who actually know something that can really help people. And so if you're not writing, it's, 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 in, a, it's in a, in a, strange but true way almost a selfish act like Liz you knew stuff that could really help lots of people so who are you not to share that right and I love that that approach to it as well because it makes it reminds me of this gift that I can share with people and that it's really my duty to be sharing it and not to play small and hide in a hole and say well I'm okay with you know a, a smaller business and I'm okay with you know, not reaching as many people because it's easier. It certainly isn't an easy thing to write a book. It's certainly not an easy thing to build a successful business, but um, but it's also a lot of fun. And when you can step into the those shoes and take on that mantle, um, it's a really liberating thing to do. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I Yes, I wrote a book. I, I wrote and published a book. I've written, I've tried to write books before, and I think the last book I tried to write – I had been trying to write for almost a decade and it's still at about, I don't know, 10,000 words, 12,000 words, you know, which for mm-hmm. people listening who don't know, that's maybe a third of a book. You know? <laughs> and it's not, uh, not very it's a decade, much, it's a decade yeah. of my life. That is a decade of my life 
with a third of the book, as opposed to spending, gosh, what is it, Liz, nine weeks writing a book? Right. Yeah. Nine so, weeks and many thousands of words. Indeed, many thousands of words. Are you, uh, are you thinking of cooking up another one, a follow-up? I am thinking of cooking up another one. It's, uh, it's probably not an immediate project, but sometime in the next six months or so, I'd like to consider kicking off an, another follow-up book for sure. Now that I know yeah, how happy it is. Right. I mean, that's one of our, one of our really uh, super secrets, and it's, it's, it's that it's a kind of addictive. Once, once you've done that, it's like, ooh, I want to do that again. Oh, right? well, you know, you and I got to publish at the same time, which was a really spectacular day. And uh, just to have that, you know, that rush of realizing that you've become an international bestselling author is um, kind of like people who start skydiving. I think it's definitely like, oh, let's get that again. That was, that was a really oh, fun way to wow. I'm, I'm not sure you're going sure to get me to skydive, Liz. How about you? Have you done that? <laughs> oh, no, 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 but I will publish another book. <laughs> I think that sounds less scary at this point in my life. <laughs> and more fun. I'm so grateful that you were able to join us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was great. Awesome. Today's author has been Liz LaJoy. She is the coach's CFO and the author of From Zero to Zen, Secret Keys to Nurturing Your Numbers and Finding Financial Flow, available now on Amazon. And and Liz, coming out in bookstores next year? Yes, next May 22nd is the launch date for the, for the bookstore launch. Very awesome. Look for it in bookstores in May. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you next time. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.